wait, your teacher said what? Um, no, 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 that's it. is Jenny Davenport, a mom and a teacher, and the daughter, granddaughter, great-granddaughter of Hampton Institute Educated Women, Hampton University, one of those HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities, and we have entrusted ourselves for generations with educating our black children. I'm seeing a change Welcome to the very first podcast ever of We Can Teach Our Own, a podcast for parents especially, but also teachers of children of African and African American heritage, black children here in America. For this very first podcast, I am interviewing Mrs. Retha Jenkins of Denver, Colorado, Mrs. Jenkins has been an educator in the public school system, charter school system, for close to 20 years. I've known her over 10 years of that time. Mrs. Jenkins also has been a foster mom, and she has three beautiful children of her own. What I wanted to find out this time for our first podcast was, what is it that causes Black parents to say, you know, that's enough. What is it that makes us decide, you know, we need to take our children's education into our own hands because what they're experiencing in the classroom is not enough. What is it? All homeschooling parents have their why. All parents who decide we need to supplement have their why, whether it's language school on Saturdays or Heritage School on Sunday afternoons or whatever it is, we all have our reasons for teaching outside of the school system. But there is um, a contingent of parents of African-American heritage that's actually saying, no, forget it. We are pulling our kids out of this system. I don't care if I have to save money here or there or scrape to get by. My child deserves more than this. So I'm asking that why of Mrs. Jenkins today. All right. So I'm recording using another old phone, but here we go. Ms. Jenkins, you there? I'm here. All right. So why do, why do you feel like we need to kind of take charge of our kids' education? If you can just tell me a little bit about um, your experience and what you're seeing, even if it's just a brief version, because... Yeah. Well, I'm just so glad you're uh, investigating this question because a lot of us parents of color, we have had this feeling that um, education, the way we're doing it, is just not enough. We're seeking more. And I realized that when I went to, we went to that um, upstarting charter school parent meeting, that first parent meeting, and heard all the parents' stories, that just validated, I'm not 
not the only one who feels this way. No, you're um, And I had a, my daughter, I had a teacher tell her one time, or a teacher told her one time, I see it really good for you. That means that you're learning um, and you're growing. And she came home and was adamant that a C is really good for her. And it's not about the grades. It's about the experience. It's about believing that they can do more. And I just want an environment that's going to support the whole child. That's right. Um, including our values. Uh, we happen to be an entire black, intact black family. I feel that that's um, very rare nowadays. Mm -hmm. And I actually just feel that our whole family structure as a people have been under attack ever since coming to this soil. And that the school system isn't really actively... Um, Valuing, supporting, edifying uh, black family. Right. right. I think it, it kind of just going with the with the status quo or the the you know single parent home, and we have a lot of single parent homes that are doing an excellent job. Mm -hmm. So I do appreciate the support there for them, but I just don't feel that the paradigm is that you know we love to see whole black families with as many children as they want to have. It just feels like there's some feeling out there that uh, that's not the norm, so we won't support that, and we want to keep, for, for the sake of poverty and the sake of economics, we want to keep the families just as small as possible and maybe even get rid of some young, amazing black children before they're even born so that we don't have to um, deal with any of that. So part of my thing is I want it more for my child's education. I want my education for the whole child. I want excellence. Mm -hmm. And I feel that after 430 years of um, oppression, I feel that there's some acceleration that needs to happen. Right. I do understand about going at the child's pace and how education taking a shift toward just following the child. I get that. Mm -hmm. um, they're saying it's not all about standardized tests and it's not all about scores. I get that. But I also feel that we're in an interesting predicament here as black parents with black children. And there's like a gap that we need to make up and cover right. while still honoring our children for who they are their God-given gifts and talents and developing them as a whole person. But I don't like the idea of, you know, letting them just color all day mm -hmm. and not um, really addressing the needs of what they're going to need to be college and career ready. I also don't like to be heavy on the end of testing and note-taking and conformity without really honoring uh, uh, how and whom that child came to class, you know, uh, the person that that child came to the educational setting and, and nurturing that person. So I feel that there's kind of a tension there that we just have to walk in mm -hmm. as black parents. Right. But and, not and let the system shift us to one extreme or to the other extreme, but to know that our child, with their gifts and talents and their purpose, 
purpose, which I don't think the school is doing a really good job of emphasizing their purpose, um, has to be able to perform in a world that's highly technical, in a world that is uh, more advanced, and in a world where they're going to have to learn to get along with people of other uh, ethnic groups and language groups and all of that. And they're going to need to be able to use the artificial intelligence to their advantage in all different arenas and spheres because that's the way the world is going. So if they know nothing about programming, if all they know is how to be on the, on the web or how to play on the phone and they know nothing about the the metadata that's being collected on them as they use the phone, mm-hmm. um, I don't think they will be able to as fully be able to participate in, in society. I think it's going to be kind of a, instead of the have versus the have not, the, the, the knowledgeable versus the ignorant when it comes to big data and the use of technology going forward. And I think some of our kids are just into being entertained by their social media and by their technology, but there's another level to that social media and technology, and that's be that's like that you're being sold to, right. and that you're being trapped, and that you need to have the wisdom to say, oh, okay, so every time I visit these sites, I'm getting these type of advertisements popping up in my email, and. And, you know, what do I know about that? Mm-hmm. And how can I be aware? So I just feel that the educational system isn't helping to develop that part of our young people, their purpose, their talent, their individual gifts, but also their ability to navigate in a world of technology and big data mm-hmm. and just being super connected, but yet not really knowing anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, I don't think that's healthy. Yeah, so um, you, you touched on a couple of things here. So one, and you started talking about expectations and how low the expectations are for our children in general. To tell your child that a C is is good, that it's evidence of learning, and not expecting that she could go farther that that's ridiculous but oh that's something goodness. that people are experiencing when i was telling you about the educational leadership program with the cohort member who who is trying to be a principal and already is an assistant principal saying oh 45th percentile that's good for that demographic no it's not it's not acceptable yeah so touching on that and you also talked about the family, the black family as a unit and not having that encouragement and being looked on as being something that's different or what, like a zebra among horses or something, you know what I'm saying? That kind of, that goes to expectations and assumptions about the gifts and talents of our children and and the strengths of our family too. And then the technical skills, yes being able to nurture our children's potential and making sure that they have not just the skills they need to go into the future and to take care of now, but that they have the same potential as every other child on this planet and that it needs to be nurtured. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think another, one more thing, and I don't know if we can really get this from the school. 
I see it more at the university level, but the preservation of our history mm-hmm. and our place in the world. Yes. Um, I think it's very important to know, you got to know where you've come from to know kind of where you're going, the trajectory of where you're going. Yes. And I think it's very important for our young people to understand the the history of their own contributions to the world from their people, mm-hmm. the history of oppressed people all around the world and how that oppression can look in yes. the 21st century, Yes. Um, whether it has to do with technology, whether it has to do with um, equity gap, opportunity gap, um, economic gaps, whether it has to do with immigration and movement around the globe. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know if some schools are really, I, I'll say it like this, if there are schools addressing this, it's not the majority, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Well, it's so not. I think for our kids, we especially need to know um, a more solid footing and idea of our place in the world and how that's going to be changing. States too. I was raised in Virginia. I went to school up north. And I tell you, even being the daughter and granddaughter and great-granddaughter of Hampton women, HBCU graduates, I didn't learn enough about our black history until I grew up and went and sought it out. And that should not be. You know, our children need that to build them up, to give them a place, and also to give them a shield against those people who are teaching their children to have those same kinds of assumptions and low expectations towards our kids. Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate your taking some time to talk to me and Miss Jenkins. You and I, we, we have these conversations all the time, and I'd love to talk with you some more about some of the issues of homeschooling children and building our children up after, in after-school programs. And just like you're doing here, it's summertime, and you're working with a Montessori group. Can you kind of yeah. talk a little bit about what you've been doing and what you're doing now? Um, well, this group, Great Work Inc., is committed to broadening the work of Montessori in our time to a variety of settings. They are very committed to diversity and equity, mm-hmm. and I appreciate the work that they're doing. It truly is great work. What I'm learning to do is um, I come from a public you know, education background, regular education. Mm-hmm. So what I'm learning to do is take a lot of the um, principles of this work, Montessori's work, and apply them to our students who I feel may be underrepresented in just getting an education for their whole being. Right. Um, and learning to discover themselves and learning to be lifelong learners. I think we have really just done a great job of overkill on the um, traditional model, especially with our students of color. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got to accelerate you. We got to open up 
ahead and pour the knowledge in there. My wondering is if there's a way that we can still accelerate as much as possible while letting the learning unfold in a more natural manner, mm-hmm. where the child, where it's kind of a more constructivist manner, yes. where the child is discovering and learning things as they discover and learn who they are. So anymore, and I'm not the sole source of information and 
is that they can take another perspective and that they can listen right. to other perspectives that aren't the same as their own. And my hope is that they can learn to um, clearly communicate their their own perspective to, to those friends who don't who have a different you know um, level of privilege mm-hmm. or something in their lives. Mm-hmm. And, well, um, and that my students, our students, know that they have this world belongs to them as well. Yeah. I think that's really important. No, I have seven, so. I have generations of children, I know, and so my oldest ones, you know, I've already gone through that challenging adolescent period, and several have come through to kind of the other side, and that, and I, and I also have the ones who are in the middle of that adolescence now, and that was always a scary part for me too, looking at that and saying, okay, now peers are becoming more important, their friends are becoming more important. How do I balance it where our our values and our heritage and our history and all of that are something that will survive and become stronger as they get pulled this way and that, right? Yeah. And then I see with my children, I've seen them come through to adulthood where some of their decision-making, um, some of that is, that's just their personality. They have those critical thinking skills. And some of that is, okay, I see where the foundation we we built for them did come through. So there's yeah. a dichotomy there. And I think all parents go through that. Where It doesn't matter if you're black, um, Latino, doesn't matter if you're native, if you're... Um, Wherever you are in the world, it's a human thing to to watch your children develop those wings and start to fly and to see which direction they fly in, you know. It's nerve-wracking, your heart jumps, but if you are doing the best you can and you're using your resources and you're saying, you're saying your prayers and all of that, we just have to have faith that... We are giving them what they need and that we're working together with the people we love and people who have expertise and giving them that strength so that they'll survive once they reach adulthood. It's a step-by-step thing, isn't it? Yeah. Trying to be there for them when they're grown. Sometimes they need us just as much when they're grown as when when they're little. But, yeah, and we need them too. Oh, true. Oh, yeah. Well, Thank you, Miss Jenkins. Did I take up, was this your lunch time? Did I take up your whole lunch? Or? I just enjoy talking with you, and I still have time to have lunch and sit in the sunshine. So nice. For more resources and connections to homeschooling and alternate schooling parents throughout the African diaspora, please visit me Twitter. Facebook, Instagram at We Can Teach Our Own. Hashtag We Can Teach Our Own. You can also stay updated at diasporaacademy.com. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Bye.